everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Nisa Pataki. So this will be my first ever podcast recording on my own. The reason why I decided to start this is because I go through lots of phase in life and I decide to you know talk about it and share with you guys. Maybe I might just inspire you. So probably this will be my only first 20 minutes first time recording so let's go okay guys so i'm back so let's get it started right now okay so the first topic is about depression a little bit about me i've been suffering from depression since i was 15 years old and now i'm like 32 <laughs> yes so okay so a little bit introduction to a uh, depression depression is a sickness whereby people most of the people in our society don't take it seriously they underestimate the power of depression hence why the how I say the percentage of people killing themselves is uprising and this is a serious thing guys it's not it's not something that people just, you know, want to be like melodramatic or some drama mama, whatever crap. Which is not. This is actually a serious thing. So when someone actually reach out to you and tells you and open up to you, telling you that, hey, I have a problem and I'm feeling like crap, you guys should, like, you know, approach it in a very soft manner whereby please try to pay attention and probably that person has depression. So depression is actually a very serious thing. It can lead, it can build up means that means it will build up emotionally. It that means it damages you emotionally. So a little bit, um, I will share with everybody how I suffer from depression. How I actually try to cope with it. So please bear with me. My story it can be a little bit downside of the mood which i'm trying not to but if you guys are crying i'm so sorry about it so uh here we go so technically i grew up in a family by whereby it's actually a regimental style meaning that my dad uh, was from the army and my mom is a very career-minded person so technically my family is always about status it's always about expectations and plus i'm the eldest in the family and I have a little brother who's, uh, how, say, how do I say, he's a spoiled brat. So technically, I was always being disciplined by getting beaten up physically. And also, at the same time, emotionally damaged. Because I was taught since young that, no, you shouldn't cry. Don't cry. You already, done, you already made a mistake. Don't cry. You're not supposed to be crying. So honestly, I thought it was normal, meaning that, I had to do the house chores, everything I had to do, the washing, the cooking, ironing, everyone's work clothes, including like folding, putting it inside the cupboard, and yeah, so so if I thought it was normal all the way until I turned 28, and I realized that it wasn't normal for a girl to live like that, okay, I had like crazy, crazy, crazy curfews. Meaning that my curfews can go up to, uh, I give you an example. Let's say if I end work at four thirty, four thirty, they expect me, they expect me to be home by five. Yes, 
I have to be home by 5 guys, 5pm, not 5am, 5pm, if not I will get, like sometimes I get chased out of the house, so this thing has been happening since I was 15 years old, and I thought it was normal, and I, and one fine day I realised that I couldn't keep my emotions in, because I think I was, um, uh, how, say, how do you, you put it, this is like in a denial state, meaning I kept it, I kept it to myself, I thought it was normal, and I just, you know, suck it up, and then just move on. Okay, so, uh, I was a, so technically, um, not only that, so that's why I realized when I turned 28, uh, I'm always getting blamed. I'm always getting blamed by things that I, I never do. So it got worse when my little brother got married first. So my little brother got married, married and then it was a one of a hell of a ride, which I'm not going to share with that because it's another long story. I'm just going to tell, share with everybody how crazy how 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 i got into this terrible state of depression so what happened was uh my sister-in-law uh came back uh, she came back earlier she didn't inform anyone else so she was trying to be nice for she was trying to do nice things for me meaning that she was trying to she saw the there was the laundry so there was like clean laundry not being folded so she was trying to help me so she folded the laundry for me okay guys you think it's a nice thing oh no so what happened was i, I didn't know i wasn't aware of this so my um so i came home i came home from work i saw oh the laundry already folded somebody folded somebody was like you know nice enough but, and then, so I texted my sister-in-law, I said, did you do this? Then she said, she, she did that. I told her, oh my God, thank you so much. So somehow or other, my dad found out that she helped me with the chores. He got so upset with it that he knocked on my door while I was about to get ready to go work. And he slapped me. He slapped me thinking that I was bullying my sister-in-law when the fact that she was actually helping me out of goodwill, yes, she did, I was like, my dad, my dad slapped me, I was like, what, so I texted my sister-in-law, and I, I told her, look, uh, I'm so sorry, I know you mean well, you want to help me, but it seems that um, with you helping me, uh, yeah, it, it, it got me in trouble somehow, right? so I couldn't understand, so I tried to let it go, okay, so the next day, I felt like, honestly, I always have this feeling that I'm always trying to kill myself, thinking that my parents don't love me and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, um, uh, there's an, there's also what make me, like, broke crazy, it's because there's this, they, they always, um, uh, how say, how do you put this, uh, every time they go out for dinner, because it got worse, my young, my younger brother got married, so, so every time they go out to eat, they never invite me, and I had to find out through the family group chat, meaning that they will post photos and share, and then I'll be like, hey, how come never join me, you know, and how come never ask me, and then they will just go like, uh, you're always busy, what, really guys, uh, my curfew is that, like, I have to be home always by half an hour, every time they expect me to be home, and they're telling me that I'm always busy, wow, uh, guys, just for uh, your info, I end work very early. Okay, so I end work like around 4, 4.30, so I work like office hours at home, but a little bit earlier. Yeah, and we end some movies at home because I'm not allowed to go out, so does that even make sense? So I couldn't understand, I couldn't understand why. So what happened was, uh, one of the days, my mom uh, decided to go KL, they want to go KL, so, and again, like I said, 
I am always being the I'm always like the last one to know about everything about your plans and everything so what happened was um, uh, my brother texted me asked me whether hey have you packed kakak have you packed or not and I was like what pack what I was at work guys I was at work okay so I was like huh pack what and then he said that uh, aren't we going to KL tomorrow then I'm like what I haven't even applied leave and then he was like oh no I think you better ask mom so I called my mom I called my mom I asked her mom you didn't tell me then how am I supposed to apply leave it's a little bit too last me and then you know what her response was her response was she just went like you're always like this you know why you always spoil everything why do you always have to spoil everything then I'm like oh my god and I was so speechless I just my mom just slammed the phone down on me and yeah I broke down at work you know I have never break down I never it's hard to see me breaking down in front of everybody like in front of in public or whatever it is usually I would just cry myself to sleep and then the next day I'll be okay so apparently I broke down at work and I couldn't stop I couldn't stop I went to the toilet I was crying I was wailing wailing guys wailing I was really wailing I was like asking what I do wrong so I couldn't help it so what I did was I decided to approach for help which by I went to google google how or who do I approach regarding about this because the thing is I was already 28 years old look 28 so what I did was I found this place called uh, FSC apparently it's, it's counseling uh, family service counseling or whatever so it they, they so I called them so they heard from my voice because I was crying non-stop I could barely even speak properly because I was really crying I couldn't stop crying and then they told me they suspected I had depression so that's why I was like oh so I, I keep asking them what do I do what do I do what do I do I don't think this is normal anymore I thought it was normal but it wasn't because I couldn't control myself so what I did was um, yeah I tried to calm myself down Okay, so I thought what? So uh, I I tried to go home, but I got in trouble again. I went bonkers. Okay, bonkers. I Meaning I went crazy on the way home, and yeah, the police arrested me, and then yeah, uh, because someone's okay, a friend, a friend who I thought was a friend, he slapped me, and it alerted the public. It alerted, alerted the public, so the public thought he was abusing me. But it was wrong information and the worst part about me, I guess that was very sweet of my life lah. So technically what happened was, um, the police came. So the, the couple that reported this wasn't there to actually explain, to take statement from the, the, to the police hospital, uh, to the police officers lah. So what happened was, because I was in that state, you guys, you just imagine I was in this terrible, weird state whereby... You know, I couldn't control my emotions. I kept crying because I wasn't myself. And I, and yeah, so the police arrested me, guys. Arrested me for being rash off act because I wasn't myself. So my friend got away with it for slapping me because he was in a panic mode. He thought by slapping me was the right way. But no, I got handcuffed. I got brought to, I got brought over to the hospital. And I got even more scared because, yeah, I got even more scared. Because, you see, I got scared is because, um, I scared, like, it's really at night and my dad was spamming me like crazy and cursing and swearing me, asking where the hell I was, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, my dad, my dad. I was like, you know, 
going crazy, going crazy. I was like so agitated. So what happened was, um, okay, so the, so I couldn't because it was by law that I'm supposed to switch off my phone and it is supposed to hold my phone and I was because I was being handcuffed. So I was brought over to host to the hospital to get myself diagnosed. Just imagine I was in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair, handcuffed, strapped down. Not myself. I was really calm down, but I was like not myself. I kept quiet the whole time. I wasn't myself. I I I, I don't. Know. I just felt like, okay, this is it, guys. This is this is me. This is my life. So it looks like I feel. I felt as a daughter. This is what I was thinking when I was on the chair while I was, I was trapped. I kept thinking like, oh no, my dad's gonna freak out. My family's gonna freak out. My family gonna even like you know. You get what I mean? Because I always live in a life where like expectations and you know like I'm so scared. I didn't even cry because I stopped crying. And I was diagnosed by the doctor, so the police officer told me that um, I know you're an intelligent person, so I think it's just one part of your life whereby you know shit happens so much that you don't know how to control. Yeah, which is true. I agree. It's bad. It's bad. So the doctor. I tried to, you know, can you just, you guys, imagine, as the police officer was pushing my chair, pushing my wheelchair towards the doctor, I saw my dad standing in front, doctor giving me the worst expression, meaning that he looked so angry. I freaked out. I agitated even more. The police officer was trying to come in out, and they were, they kind of like told my dad to like, okay, they, they went to push my dad to tell my dad that, um, okay, look. Sir, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's a protocol whereby you cannot, uh, you're not allowed to talk to the person. Uh, we 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 want you to stay away. So he did. So they took him away. But I was still agitated, and I started crying again because I got scared. I got so freaking scared, guys. Super scared. So what happened was, so I met the doctor. So the doctor asked me. Okay, the doctor asked me. Uh, Hi, how are you? How are you feeling? Do you feel suicidal? Blah blah blah. So I kept denying. To be honest, I felt like there's no reasons to live. Really, there wasn't any reasons to live anymore because the fact that I felt such a freaking failure to my family. Okay, that's how I felt. And then, so well, I was waiting for the results to see whether, because I asked the police officer, so what's the next step? So they, they told me this that okay, the next step is to see whether you are how is it. Whether you uh, are okay, are, are you are you okay enough? You know, are you sane? That kind of thing for me to for them to like you know close the case and let me go. So apparently, no, I was sent to yes, I M H. I M H is a place where for crazy people, meaning that it's a mental institute. Yep, I was sent to there in the middle of the night, around midnight. To 1am So I, when I reached to the place It was, it was already almost 3am So again I met like Psychiatrists I've met Doctors Trying to diagnose me I was still Guys Just so you know All this happened I was still strapped To the wheelchair Yep I was still strapped down Handcuffed To the wheelchair It was strapped And it was handcuffed Okay I didn't know That was the incident But I keep asking them Why do they have to do this To me It was a protocol I'm like okay fine I mean I respect the law I respect their job. They just want. They just doing their job. So moving on. So again, another process, set of process. Okay, another set of process whereby uh, again I had to be questioned the same questions. 
But this time around, the doctors and the psychiatrists was like so nice. I swear, you you feel like you're in Disneyland where everybody is so super nice to you. It's weird, right? In mental institute. <laughs> so okay. So anyways. So they asked me, uh, do you feel suicidal? How you feeling? What happened? So I just said, yeah. okay. So after that, after that, they told me they're gonna put me inside this observation room. Okay, so I was sent to the observation room for the night. Okay, so the thing about this observation room, guys, is okay. It's this huge room. So there was a staff that approached me. It was the one of the nurse. One of the nurse approached me, so she asked me. She gave me. Uh, she asked me whether I want to shower. Do I? I am I hungry? I tell you, the IMH people are like super nice. Like it really, really is like the kind of place that you don't even feel you're in, like you're in the mental institute. It's it's weird, right? Yeah, but it actually feels like that. So the funny thing was inside the observation, there was a crazy person, like a legit crazy person, was really strapped down to the bed, and then they gave me a bed sleeping beside him and then I was like what are you guys serious yeah that's where I was really calmed down and I was back to myself so I was like wait what you want me to sleep beside this guy <laughs> while the police officer was still there because you know and they have to stay for the night before they brought me over to uh, another uh, place for the next day so they wanted me to rest so I was like okay fine so I was scared so they told me this they were like um, okay uh, look if if you're feeling scared, you just knock on the glass door and then just like wave at them and then they will come in and rescue me. Really, guys, the uncle was like, his name was Uncle Lee. So Uncle Lee was like strapped to the... So he, they told me that he snores, okay? How he snores is like an F1 engine trying to warm up. So it starts, it starts very soft and it goes like super loud. And then they told me that if I couldn't take, I couldn't take it with the sound, they told me to just knock on their window and then they will go in and they will like wake him up and then they're going to restart the engine. Restart the engine Like seriously Like what Then I was like Okay whatever So they keep asking me again So do you want to eat Do you want to shower Then I told them No I don't I'm just very very Exhausted I'm just so exhausted It was already 3am By the time I got my My own like Whatever bed So I was like I just want I just want to sleep I really just wanted to sleep So they were like Okay so I slept So I slept And then I got woken up Like around 8 or 9am Because Uncle Lee Was unstrapped and you know what he was doing? You know, I kind of like freak out a bit because I think he didn't know that I was there. So you know what he was doing? He kept shouting. He said, I want to read my newspaper. I want to read my newspaper. Uncle Lee, why do you need... Because I want to go home, but you don't let me go. I want to read my newspaper. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. Then they, 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 then after that, he started lifting up the furniture, guys. The furniture. He started lifting it up and then doing exercises. And I'm like, what? And he was like, no, I need to do my exercises. Oh my God. And I kind of like... Oh my god, I'm not crazy enough for this. Like, legit, I was like, no, I am not crazy enough for this. And then the doctors were trying to, like, calm him down. And then they told him that I was there. And then after that, he saw me. He looked at me. He didn't know I was there. And then he, I think he felt very shy. He was like, oh no. And then he just toned down. And then he, they managed to trap him back. Okay, then I was like, okay, whatever. I was trying to, you know. So, while I was trying to, you know, um, a counselor came up to me and asked me what happened. And asked me. So, they, they advised me. Uh, I'm in a, as in like one of uh, the doctor was there, so the psychiatrist was, everyone was there, so they were like telling me that, okay, explaining to me that uh, what happened, because you see, I can't remember what actually happened until someone, actually, actually when they, they told me like what happened and I had to find out from a few sources to know what the hell happened actually because I couldn't, like it was like a blur, blurry, um, 
part of my life whereby as in like I had no idea why I was sad. I had no idea why I'm like that. So I asked. So they told me this is part of depression. They block your mind. They block your mind whereby everything is negative. No matter what you do, and you and including of your memory. That's the worst part about having depression. Meaning that once it hits you, it blocks your mind, and you cannot remember anything, and it's not good. So I told I told them what happened. I felt like before that the, the when I went relapse this is what I call it as relapse meaning I wasn't myself so so they told me that okay so they advised me to move out of my house if I know for what's good for me it's not that I'm being against my parents is because I was already 28 years old guys 28 years old and I'm still treated being treated like I mean still in secondary which means that they, they cannot help because I was at the age where I, I am an adult. I should do something about it. You know, honestly, when they told me to move out, I think it's, I, I don't know why, but I think it's just an Asian thing whereby it's not normal for their kids to move out before they are married. Yeah, so I really felt it was so wrong of me. So I just kept quiet. So I wasn't myself most of the time. I was very, very, very quiet. So the doctor told me, are you ready to go back already? Then I was like, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, because the police officers are here, I think better ask them what's the procedure. So okay, so what happened was they, they released me because they told me that um, they, it seems that I can control my emotions. Like, as in, like, I can cope with it. It's just that I need to avoid those things that I get affected easily, you know, because I will go crazy again. And hence why I wasn't prescribed any medicine because apparently the medicine, what I found out that even the doctors told me that if I were to be prescribed with this medicine, I'll go even more crazy. Yeah, guys. Yep, this is what the hospital people told me that they were trying to prevent me from being like prescribed with medicine because it doesn't work. It makes you go crazy. It makes you even stay longer inside this. Institute, which I'm pretty sure no nobody wants to go there. Okay, so anyways, back to my story. So I, after that, I was I was brought back to the police station, which meeting that to the nearest HQ, whereby somebody's supposed to bail me out. So I had only had like I don't know a few phone calls, which is stupid. Okay, it's stupid because I can only memorize my mom, my dad's number, and my brother's number. So uh, yeah, I was thinking like, okay, so what happened was. I was too scared to go home. I was really damn scared to go back home. So I called the friend. Yeah, I know. I'm me being stupid. Because to me, it's like... You know, remember the, the friend that I said that slapped me? Yep. He... He... Yeah, I called him. Because I felt like, dude, you're the one that put me here in the first place. You should have slapped me. So I wanted like, you know what, you bail me out. So that's the reason I called him. Instead of calling my parents, my parents came down. Apparently, I found out I freak out. I was freaking out inside the jail cell. Guys, you just imagine me handcuffed. I was going crazy. And then the police officer had to, like, calm me down. Meaning that they had to put me to my seat. And then, like, okay, can you come down? Can you come down? Yeah, I'm trying to because I freak out. I told them, no, send my parents away. Somewhere. I, just, I just couldn't take it. I couldn't get myself to face my family. Just imagine that. Yeah, okay, so uh, I'm going to pause right now and I'm going to continue my story when after this short break because I need a drink and then my cats are like all over the place. So yeah, y'all enjoy the sauce.
off short music first. Okay, I'll be back, guys. Bye. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to my podcast since it's my first one so it's supposed to be 20 minutes but i think i went overboard so anyways uh here's some words of inspiration from me so depression is a real thing guys it's a serious thing don't take it very lightly when someone actually like approach you and like you know tells you about their problem so so please uh at least the least you could do is listen and try not to say anything uh harsh Because it's very, um, they are in a very fragile state. So if you want to continue uh, me, hearing me, sharing my stories. Because I'm pretty sure there's a part two to that story. Because I kind of like, didn't continue what happened after that. Please let me know. And you can always drop me a message through my Instagram. will be Nisa Pataki or Nisa Kikat. And you can also find my Twitter. I have a Twitter that's uh, called as Nisa KitKat. And yeah, if you want to hear more, please let me know. So enjoy. Thanks, guys. Bye.